You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Today on the Give Your Life Away podcast, the Corinthians have listened to Paul and he expresses his joy. He once rebuked them and they he wasn't sure if they were really hearing it. But then he realizes that they have responded to what he said. They have repented of their sin, and he expresses great joy for that. 2 Corinthians 7, verses 2 through 16. Paul writes, Make room in your hearts for us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have taken advantage of no one. I do not say this to condemn you, for I said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. I am acting with great boldness toward you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort. In all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. But we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted by you. As he told us of your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me so that I rejoiced still more. For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it, for I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point you proved yourselves innocent in the matter. So although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who suffered the wrong, but in order that your earnestness for us might be revealed to you in the sight of God. Therefore, we are comforted, and besides our own comfort, we rejoiced still more at the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. For whatever boasts I made to him about you, I was not put to shame. But just as everything we said to you was true, so also our boasting before Titus has proved true. And his affection for you is even greater, as he remembers the obedience of you all, how you received him with fear and trembling. I rejoice because I have complete confidence in you. Paul says that he is joyful or that he rejoices a number of times throughout this section. And why is he joyous? Because his relationship with the church at Corinth wasn't always strong. It was tenuous. It was shaky. He had to confront them about a number of things. But he learned from Titus that this group of people that he had to rebuke and that was being uh, who were being told by other outside teachers that Paul doesn't care for them or Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. Paul rejoices that Titus brought back a report saying, listen, they were saddened to receive your letter, but they have repented of their sin. This sends Paul over the moon, as it were. He's so joyful, he's so grateful that this group of people, though they were grieved by the rebuke, has turned that grief into repentance. They didn't grieve, hang their heads, and say, we're worthless, fine, Paul, we're never going to be good enough in your eyes, or, 
or stop stop rebuking us. They didn't do that. That's that's a worldly sorrow that leads to death. They grieved with a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. I'd encourage you at some point to look at verses 10 and 11 specifically. These are the characteristics of someone who repents. So someone who says, I repent of my sin, or I'm sorry I did that. If that's true, these characteristics will be true. But for the purpose of today's devotional, I want to highlight this. I want to highlight the fact that that in today's culture, we do not take criticism well. We are such a thin-skinned people. And I'm not saying this about the world. I believe that's true in the world, but I also believe that's true in the church. We do not take correction or criticism well because while we would never say it, we act like we never do anything wrong. And so I just want to point you to the Corinthians' response to Paul. He corrected them severely. Paul's letters, certain, certain ones of Paul's writings are actually called the severe letter to the Corinthians. We don't have that severe letter, but we know there was one written to them. And so we understand that, that this church had some correction to go through, and Paul wasn't sure how they would take that, but they embraced it. So I would say for you, Christian, when, when you are corrected by another brother or sister, or even a spiritual leader, do what Paul says the Corinthians did here in 2 Corinthians 7. They believed that their leader, their pastor, their shepherd, their, their apostle was in it for their good, loved them. They did what he requested in verse 2. They opened their hearts to him. He, he knew that they were listening to him. They might have stung, but they were listening. So open your hearts to people who might bring you correction. I'd also say this. I would encourage you to care for the people that bring you correction. Paul is moved, and I don't know if he had tears or not when he was writing this, but you can almost you can almost sense the tears he had when he heard the report from Titus that the Corinthian church was concerned for Paul. Think about that. He had written them a severe letter, didn't know how they would take it, and he learns from Titus, they got your letter, they were moved by it, they repented, and they are in likewise concerned for you. They want you to be cared for. What a special relationship. So open your hearts to people who may be correcting you. And be concerned for them. Be concerned that their ministry would go well. Their lives would go well. We can oftentimes have this, put this wall up when someone corrects us. And it's almost like we, we, want, we want them to suffer because they shouldn't have done that. Or we want them to feel uh, the weight of even their own sin or their own trials. Because they've made us feel bad, so we want them to feel bad. Don't do that. Do what this immature church did that actually marked some of their growing maturity. They responded well and cared for the one bringing them this message. And finally, I'd say this. Be grieved into repenting. Be grieved into repenting. Paul was bringing up an issue. And today, when someone brings an issue to you, oftentimes they've, they've thought about it for a while. They've thought about um, wanting to say it to you in a way that is kind and peaceful and loving, not always, but most often in the church, they've prayed about this, and they've brought you a matter. they brought you a matter to, to deal with. Listen to them. Open your heart to them. Be concerned for them, and also take that matter before the Lord and repent of it, and keep this relationship intact. I believe that the strongest churches are the ones where believers are speaking into each other's lives, Sometimes it's very bold and difficult. Sometimes it's very gentle and comforting. But either way, no matter what the conversation's like, 
the depth of their relationship and the love they have for one another will make that relationship to endure. This is a sweet passage in 2 Corinthians 7, and I pray that our church and other churches would know more of these relationships. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive.